But uh, if you want to be turning in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18, and I'm going to be reading uh, several verses this morning, but I figured it'd be easier to read the story than to try to tell it, because I can't tell it better than the Holy Spirit did, right? So, um, let me re- just start, and s- we're in this Still in this series, if you remember when I was here like a year ago, a month ago, whatever, uh, about um, Elijah. So in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 1, it says, Later on in the third year of the drought, <clears throat> so there's been a drought going on for three years now, about three and a half years, the Bible says. The Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell, them, tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. Then if you go down to verse 18. I have made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, <clears throat> for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. So he's talking to King Ahab here. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel along with 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God... Follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood on the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God, and I will call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God, and all the people agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it, and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning until noontime, shouting, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind. Then they danced, hobbling around the altar they had made. About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout a little louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or he's relieving himself. If you don't know what that means, he said maybe he's using the bathroom. Okay. That's what the Bible said. Um, Okay. Or maybe he is away on a trip or he's asleep and he needs to be awakened. So they shouted louder and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all afternoon until the time of the evening sacrifice, but still there was no sound, no reply, no response. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. And they all crowded around him as he re- 
repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each tribe of Israel. And he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water over the offerings and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, no, do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. At the usual time for the offering, the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, He is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kishon Valley and killed them there. <clears throat> so, so we have this dramatic story, one of the most dramatic stories in the Bible, this showdown this uh you know showdown at the, the okay corral or or however you want to call it so he says okay we're gonna we're gonna settle this thing we're gonna prove really who's god and all the people turn out for this and they're gonna see who is really god and i love how elijah just handles himself because he starts trash talking and sometimes when you read the Bible, you, you read these stories and you go, I could never be like that. And I can see in this, I could be like that. I could, I could be sarcastic. I can be very sarcastic. I, I can do that. So he goes through this process and, this, and suddenly fire comes down, consumes not only the sacrifice, but the altar of stone, all the wood, all the water. God proves himself powerful and, he, and then the people begin to say, yes, that's God. That's God. And, and so I want to talk just briefly this morning about how Elijah went through this process to see the power of God move. And maybe it can help us position ourselves to see God move mightily in our lives. Yes. Because we, don't we need, in our nation, in our community, in our families, don't we need... To see God move so powerfully that all the people go, yes, the Lord is God. Yes, the Lord is God. And, and so, it, it, so the big idea this morning is this. With faith comes miracles. And so I want you to notice that this began with a word from the Lord. So in the very beginning of chapter 18, he says that he got a word from the Lord that said, now go present yourself to Ahab so it's going to begin to rain. So it began with a word from the Lord. And I just want to say this. In just reflecting this morning about 21 years of ministry, so many times that I, that I have not done well <laughs> is when I acted before I got a word from the Lord. And so I've tried to learn over the years that sometimes it's better just to slow your roll a little bit and not get in such a hurry and wait till you hear get a word from the Lord. And so sometimes we just, before we act, before we do the next thing, we need to position ourselves 
<clears throat> to get a word from the Lord. And sometimes that means spending some extra time in prayer. Sometimes that means spending some extra time in the word. Sometimes it means spending some extra time in worship or a combination of all those or all, all inclusive of those things and just slowing down until we get a word from the Lord. Because once we've got a word from the Lord, we see that once Elijah got a word from the Lord and the Lord said, now it's going to start raining, Elijah could operate in this boldness and confidence that God was going to do something supernatural, right? Yes. And so I just let me encourage you, if you're in a place where you're like, I need God to move, first spend the time getting a word from the Lord. Spend the time in the word till the word speaks to you. And you get a word. Spend some time in prayer until you hear the voice of the Lord saying, this is what's going to happen. This is what I want to do in your life. Or just maybe it's an encouraging word from the Lord because once we get a word from God, Man, we can do powerful things, right? And God's on the move. And so the next thing, I, I, it's so interesting how, how Elijah begins by saying, how much longer will you waver? Yeah. How much longer will you waver? Hobbling between two opinions here. Either God is God or he's not. Yes, yes, yes. And we're, we're living in a time when I see so many people trying to sort of serve God on Sunday and not on Monday or say that they're a follower of Jesus but they also want to follow some other things yeah. and I believe the same message is true that how long are we going to waver? How long are you going to waver? Some, some of us just need to make a decision. God is God and if he's God, then I need to follow him and I need to commit to him and I need to do all that he's requiring of me and asking for me. And, and so in James chapter 1 it says, But let, let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. But that person must not suppose that he will receive anything for the Lord. He is a double-minded man and stable in all of his ways. And so, listen, this goes for any area of our life. We can't be double-minded. And when it comes to the things of the Lord, we cannot be double-minded. We have to make a decision. You know, sometimes when you come to a crossroads, you come to a crossroads and one road's going this way, you have to make a decision. And if you're ever going to get where you want to go, you're going to have to make a decision. You cannot sit there. And can I tell you again that just so many times I've seen in this church that we've come up to places, and it's interesting that um, <clears throat> I got to have lunch with uh, one of our former pastors, Jerry Watkins, not long ago, and he was just telling me, he said, Mark, he said, I've been watching your church ever since it began. He said, every time you all have come up to a place where you need God to move, he's done it. Yes. And there's been times when we've come up to a place where it's like, oh, what are we going to do? And it's almost like once we get the word from the Lord, it starts there, the word from the Lord, and then we make the decision we're going to do it, then God begins to do things. I've seen it time and time and time again in, my, in mine and Bobby's life, in this church's life. And so here's what I just felt like I was, as I was praying or this this morning. I just want to say, some of you may just need to make a decision this morning. That you're at a place and you've been wavering and you've been wondering and you just need to make a decision. You need to hear the Lord, trust the Lord. Trust what the Lord, the word of the, God, the word of the Lord says, and just make a decision and start moving in that direction. Because yes, yes, yes. just standing there, I remember when Bobby and I were coming back from our pastors' conference a couple years ago, and we were driving in 
city of Houston at night. It was rainy. It was foggy. We had no idea where we were. <laughs> Weird things going on. Waze was saying things like, you're approaching a railroad crossing. Like, what does that even have to do with anything? And, and so we had this conversation. It's like, okay, what do we do? Because this seems to be taking us weird places. And we just made the decision. I don't know where I'm at. I don't know the answer. So we're just going to have to trust Waze here. <laughs> and that wasn't like, the Waze isn't like the most, Waze is taking me some weird places. But that's, that's the best answer I had, right? And sometimes you just sort of have to make a decision. God, I don't know where you're taking me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where I'm at right now. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going to trust you because I know I can't get myself where I need to go. Right? And so this is what I encourage you this morning. Make a decision this morning. Make a decision that the Lord is God and you can trust him and you can follow him and he'll take care of you. Right? And so then I want you to notice that the very first thing I had until I was reading this time, I'd never noticed this because I always got to the fire and all that. That's cool. And you can almost see it in a movie, you know, and all that stuff. But as I was reading this, the very first thing that Elijah does is it says he rebuilds the altar. He rebuilds the altar. And so what he does is he's rebuilding the place of worship. And he's saying the, the altar of God has been torn down, but I'm going to rebuild this place of worship. And the, the, the altar represents two things to me. It's worship and prayer. And so maybe the Lord is saying you need to rebuild the place of your worship this morning. You need to rebuild your worship. Because sometimes when life is hard, have you ever noticed this? I've noticed this in my life. When life really gets challenging, it begins to get harder to worship. And praying gets harder. And you would think it would be the opposite. But that's just our, our nature sometimes. And so the very first thing that Elijah does is he says, first of all, we're going to reestablish worship in this place. And so I want to encourage you this morning. If you're in a place, you know, Elijah was in a place where he says, I'm the only one left. Now, that wasn't true. We find out later. But he felt like he was the only one. But he said, we're going to worship. We're going to worship. And I just want to encourage you, as you are needing God to move in your life, rebuild your worship. Ask yourself this question this morning. How's my worship right now? How's my worship life? Not corporately, how do I worship when I'm with my brothers and sisters at church? How do I worship when I'm at home? How do I worship when I'm in the car? Am I, am I worshiping? Am I taking the time during the day to just spend some time worshiping? How's my prayer life right now? <clears throat> am I praying? And let me just encourage you in this. I know sometimes it's very hard to pray when, when life, like, life is going crazy. But did you know, did, I want you to notice how long Elijah prayed this, pr this prayer. It's about 20-second prayer, 30-second prayer at the most. And sometimes just saying, God, help me. God, I need you. God, be with me. God, I need to feel you. God, I need to hear you. Those short, earnest, effectual prayers can do powerful things, right? And so maybe this morning you need to say, you just need to make a commitment. I want to rebuild the place of worship in my life. I've not been worshiping like I need to. Or I've not been praying. Maybe life has torn down my faith. And I need to rebuild my faith. Maybe I'm having a hard time trusting God right now. 
Maybe there's some things happen in my life that make it hard for me to believe God can really do the things he says he's going to do. Just begin to rebuild those things. Rebuild those things in your life. And so the other thing is, as he built them, he built them with the 12 stones representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Now that's interesting because of this. He thought at this point in time he was the only one. He even says, I'm the only one. But even though he thought he was the only one and everybody else had deserted the Lord, he's still saying, I'm going to do this in unity. I'm going to include the whole body of, of God here, the whole body of Christ. It wasn't Christ at that time, the whole body of God. I'm going to include the whole body of Israel. And so it's so important for us as we are looking for God to do something supernatural and powerful in our life, to operate in the spirit of unity, that we're not excluding people. We're not mad at people. <laughs> We're not saying everybody's deserted me, so I'm going to leave them out. It's just me. I mean, he could have said, I'm going to rebuild this with one stone because it's just me. But he said, I'm going to build it with 12 stones representing the whole body of Christ, the whole body of Israel. And so we need to be in this spirit of, of unity. So let me just let me say this. Whatever you're building, whatever you're building today, build it on the Word of God, build it on worship, build it on prayer, and build it on unity. If you're building your family, build it on the Word of God. Build it on worship, prayer, and unity. You're building a ministry, build it on the Word of God. Get a word from the Lord. Build it on worship, prayer, and unity. You're building a business, same thing. Whatever you're building today, build it on those principles, and God will do some powerful things. And then here's what I love about this. Elijah did not... Try to make it easy on God. And do you ever feel like sometimes you got to help him out? You know, like, okay, God, I'm going to pray for this, but <clears throat> I'm going I'm to do a couple things to help you out because just to make sure that you're able to do that. So Elijah does the exact opposite. He said, okay, God, I want you to set this on fire, but keep pouring the water on it. Do it three times. Drench this thing so there's no mistake that it wasn't just an errant spark or spontaneous combustion or something weird that would happen. He said, I want everybody to know that when this happens, it's you, God. And I think that sometimes we need to go to God and we need to not be intimidated or not be fearful to ask him to do things that are so impossible. Because listen, if we're standing in front of people making declarations and praying prayers that we know that even if he doesn't show up, we can still do it and we can make it happen. What does that say to the world? But when we get a word from God and then we're standing before people like Elijah and we're praying bold prayers and we're making declarations that we know we heard from God. And I'm saying first make sure you've heard from God. <laughs> Make sure you've got a word from God. But once you've got a word from God, and then we begin to pray those prayers, and we, need, we begin to ask God to do things that there's no way, no way can happen if he doesn't do it. Then when it does happen, who gets the glory? It's God. He gets all the glory. And then we see the people coming to Elijah saying, yes, your God's the real God. And isn't that what we need? We need the world to come running to the church saying, we understand now. Your God's the real God. Your God's the answer. What we've been chasing is wrong. And so we don't need to be intimidated 
out of asking God to do the things that seem so impossible. So, what does the Bible say in Ephesians? It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And so the thing that you're thinking about right now that seems impossible is not impossible. The thing that's been keeping you up at night because you don't have an answer for, God has the answer for that. And the thing that you're dreaming of, it just seems like it's just a far-fetched dream. If it's based on a word from God, we need to be asking him to do that. Boldly asking him that. Not pridefully, but just knowing that, God, you're the one who can do that. So, and here's the thing. Let me read you one more scripture just to encourage you. James, James is talking about Elijah. And he says this, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Now think of that. He's got a nature, he's just like yours. So the, the temptations and the, the problems and the sins and the things that you have in your life, Elijah had the same kind of nature. He struggled with stuff. He wasn't perfect. He had the he had same doubts. He had fears. He had anxieties. If you read through the whole story, we're going to eventually get to that. He dealt with some stuff. So he had a nature just like ours. Don't, don't elevate him to a place like, well, he was some you know, superhero person. Only he could get this done. And that's what James is trying to tell us. He says, Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. And he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again and heaven gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. So what he's saying is, don't look at this story and say, well, that was Elijah. I could never do something like that. He's saying he was just like us. No difference in him. No different. Same God that Elijah prayed to is the same God we pray to. Yes. The same God who sent fire and consumed the sacrifice is the very same God that you and I talk to when we pray. Right? The same God that we sang to this morning, the same God that we prayed to this morning, the same God that when you're alone this week in your prayer place and you begin to pray, it's the same God that did this that you're praying to. And so this, let me encourage you one more time to pray big, bold prayers because here's what happens. When we pray big, bold prayers and we begin to make decisions in big, bold ways, one thing that happens is when God answers that, it builds our faith. So we begin to understand more and more who God really is and how powerful he is. And so when we ask him to do the supernatural. Listen, I mean, recently I have been, I'm, I'm not going to share all the details, but I'm just going to say this. Over the last, I don't know, few weeks, I, people have called us, texted us with answered prayers that they said, man, we've prayed and God's answered this. We've prayed. We've never thought this would happen and happened. We, we've been praying and God moved in this situation. God answered this prayer and every time it does that even if it doesn't happen in my life when someone texts me and says hey hey pastor mark and bobby we just want to let you know that god did this thing in our life man it builds my faith and when we when we ask god to do something big and bold and he answers it builds our faith second it glorifies god that that was what happened here all the people who when he said make a decision they sat silent they couldn't make a decision 
When he said, make a decision, either it's God or Baal, it said they were silent. They couldn't, they couldn't decide. But when God showed up, yeah. then they run to Elijah and say, oh, wait a minute. We want to make a decision now. <laughs> we, we've decided your God's the winner. Your God's the real God. And don't we just want to see God glorified? And everything that we do should be about glorifying God. Yes. Everything that we do. And then the third thing, like I said, it draws the lost. It draws those who are weighing the in the balance that draws those who have not made a decision yet to Jesus yes. when they see the real God move. And man, we're just praying for people to be saved. Yes. And I, I want to think of a number, think, just think of a number you'd like to see saved for the remainder of this year. Just think of a number. Now multiply that. <laughs> Exceedingly abundantly. Exceedingly abundantly. Can we believe that? Can we ask God to do that? And just ask God to do such powerful things that people come running to him. Your lost family, your lost friends come running and saying, look, now I see that God's the real, your, your Jesus is the real God, right? So listen, guys, we need to get a word from the Lord. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I know that can come in a lot of different ways. But if you need a word from the Lord, whatever, if you need to, Fast for a few days. Fast. You need to spend some extra time in prayer. You need to spend some extra time in worship. You need to get a word from the Lord. Get a word from the Lord. And if once you get the word, or if you've already got the word, maybe you've already got the word, make the decision. Make the decision. I'm going to follow the Lord. I'm going to do what the Lord asks. You cannot waver. And then... Just really concentrate on building up that altar of worship and prayer. I'm just, just say, commit yourselves. I'm going to worship more than I've ever worshipped. And when I have a chance to worship with my brothers and sisters, I'm going to worship more demonstrably. demonstratively. I'm going to worship louder. I'm going to worship more aggressively, however you want to say it. I'm going to worship. And, I, and when I'm at home, I'm going to worship. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to... I'm going to begin to ask God to do powerful things, big things, bold things. Yes. And in all that, in all that, I want to keep this spirit of unity. And the Bible tells us over and over to preserve the spirit of unity. Right? And let's believe God. Let's believe God to do the supernatural, the powerful, the awesome, fire from heaven kind of stuff. Yes. Amen? Yes. Yes. Could you stand with me?